to Distant Grey Gaming. My name's Phil, and I'm the Games Master. This is a D&D 5th edition adventure called The Copper Wars, and this is Season 1. We recorded these sessions over Zoom, and you will find that some of the sound quality isn't the best, so just bear that in mind as we take you on this steampunk adventure, and get ready for Season 2, which is in its development stage already. So sit back, enjoy, and let us whisk you to another world. Welcome everyone. Surprise. Uh, this is The Copper Wars, Season 1, Chapter 10 and a half. This is something that um, Kira and I have agreed to do, just very spontaneously, and it's not going to go on for an awful long time, uh, but we felt it was important to put this little episode in, so uh, that's why we're here. And the rest of the game doesn't know about it, which is pretty awesome. Um, so just as um, and as an aside, we finished chapter 10 last time with um, the gang arriving in the Coyote people, the Peyote tribe uh, village in the Badlands. And uh, the elder took um, Song off from the rest of the group. Uh, so the rest of the group have kind of been milling around in the village, um, attracting a lot of attention from the locals. And uh, Anais, you notice um, that you are particularly being observed. Uh, they're not trying to hide it. Um, one of the um, one of the tents, I suppose, for the want of a better expression, um, there's a, a female, tall female coyote standing outside. Um, wearing similar clothes to everyone else but she looks very different in the fact that there's a lot of charcoal um, markings on her face and eyes um, and kind of down the contours for her features so uh, her appearance looks decidedly different from everyone else she also is wearing uh, she also holds a staff in her right hand and she also wears a lot of beads um, teeth uh, skulls and everything around her neck and she wears an elaborate headdress that seems to be um, predominantly um, um, a creature that used to have antlers when it was alive and now has antlers whilst it's dead. And she's wearing it. Um, whilst the rest of the group are kind of doing their thing and kind of just getting used to being off the carriage, the um, female coyote with the antlers walks over to you. And she is wide-eyed. And she appears to be quite reverent of you and she kind of walks to you with her hands out her head to one side but her gaze fixed upon you um and she walks up to you and she kind of um she doesn't say anything to begin with she kind of just sniffs around you looking looking at you but through you and then she comes around to the front of you and looks you dead in the eyes and she says i have never I have never seen anything quite like this. You are something of a rarity. And she grabs both of your wrists, firmly but gently. And she looks at you and says, do you trust me? Anais is rather reserved and she's from a predominantly human background. So her answer there would be, not really, no. One doesn't exactly trust strangers. Oh, but we're not strangers. I, I, I feel I have met you before. Your name is Anais. 
how, how are you aware of, of my name? We should talk alone. It's very important for you. All right. Um, Ned's going to feel uncomfortable, but she's going to do it because she wants things to move along quickly. She wants to get on with the goal. Cool. So um, the coyote moves, shuffles her staff around to her left hand. She takes your left hand with her right hand and she leads you into her um, hide-covered tent. Uh, as soon as you walk in, um, it's noticeably hot, stuffy, and smoky in there. It kind of assaults the eyes and the senses. Um, it's not unpleasant. Uh, it's a very herbally, kind of sagey kind of smoke. It's very um, herbaceous. Um, and there's a small fire in the middle. Um, you notice around the tent, there's a lot of, um, there's lots of um, dried herbs, plants, there's skulls, there's things hanging up that probably used to be alive. It's, it's very uh, esoteric looking, um, but in a natural kind of way. Uh, it reminds you, I suppose, a bit of, a, of an apothecary shop, but uh, without the kind of the shelves. And uh, she kind of guides you to sit um, by the fire. And she sits too. And as she sits, she pours into two half gourds um, some kind of pinky red colored liquid that's steaming. And she hands you a bowl. Mm -hmm. And she has a bowl herself. And she takes us a long breath in. And she indicates you may drink. And she, and she drinks from her bowl. Um, Anais would be nervous, but seeing that her host has also drunk, she would duplicate the action. Okay. Um, you, you drink the liquid, it's, um, it's steaming, it's cooler than it would appear to be, um, but it's very, it's very delicious. It's, it's very uh, fruity, um, um, very, yeah, very Moorish, in fact, quite sweet. Um, and she puts the bowl down. And she says, I have never met someone like you before. You have an aura quite unlike anything that I've ever seen. Um, Anais would say, you, you're intimating I'm somehow different from my colleagues. There's, there's nothing unusual about me. I am... Oh, well, you're, you're wrong. You're so wrong. Everyone is different. Everyone has an aura. I can see every aura, and yours is most markedly different from your colleagues in every sense. I, I, I believe that you do not understand the power you have. The power you have, the ability to reach out and touch. When you say power, what do you mean? Are we talking something tangible? Can I create things? Like, this is not something that I am familiar with. It is, it's not in my family as far as I'm aware. You have the power to change the world, but you do not understand. But you will understand. And the first step to re-understanding what, what you need to do is to be reborn. You need to be that, reborn into your powers. That is definitely going to um, bother her somewhat. So she's going to be like, please uh, clarify what rebirth entails. Well, it's, it's very simple to, to be reborn into one's true self, to accept and understand the aura and the powers you have. When you are reborn, you will never be the same again. You will, all, you will wonder how you ever managed. It's, it's like losing a limb. You, you will gain a new limb. 
you will gain a new heart and a new soul and you will be a different person. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm just, I'm stuck back at the concept of rebirth. It's very, it's a messy process. There's usually no. blood and screaming. No, no, it's not messy. It's, it's, think of it as falling asleep and waking up refreshed the next day. Yeah, that sounds relaxing. I could do with it now. It is. It is. And this is, and this is why it's important you trust me. See, that's, that's the bit that I'm worried about because requ trust requires an element of maybe alarming circumstances. It's not alarming. It's, it's, it's a purely natural thing. It's not painful. It doesn't hurt. You, you're not in pain now. You're not hurting now. Has the process started? Indeed it has. Oh dear. And Ace looks down at her stomach rather alarmed. <laughs> yeah. Um, you start to notice um, that the more you've been talking about this, that there's a kind of, it, there's no pain or anything, but there's a kind of coldness that's spreading from your core and it's slowly spreading outwards. Uh, okay. Um, and Nace is probably going to panic because that would seem like an element of poisoning. She's, so she'll stand up quite suddenly or attempt to, I guess. Is there anything preventing that? Um, well, as soon as you start to make a move to stand up, um, then the female co will stand up and, and not to stop you standing up, but to kind of support you from behind. And she says, I know this must be very confusing and, and very scary and very frightening for you, but you must understand what's about to happen. You need to listen to me very carefully. Okay. To be reborn, you first must die. And the way ahead is not written in stone. You would, should be reborn, but you must follow the right way. Do not get lost. Do not fall from the path. Everything will be fine. I'm here with you. And I am, gonna, I am guiding you through this. Don't fear death. It should only be temporary. And, and as she says that, you, that the coldness that's spreading kind of starts to reach your legs. And, mm -hmm. and you're feeling incredibly tired. Suddenly a, a wave of fatigue hits you. And you can, you can barely support your own weight. The, your vision starts to swim. You're, it's, it's like if Anais has ever been very drunk before, um, she starts to lose, you start to lose the feeling in your fingertips and in your toes. Anais okay. um, is a genteel lady, so probably has not been terribly drunk before. Um, <clears throat> one or two cups of brandy every now and then maybe, but certainly not roaring drunk, so she probably wouldn't recognise roaring drunk. Um, so yeah, she'd be in a full state of panic at this point. Yeah. Um, it's an interesting sensation for an ace because despite you being very panicked and anxious, you don't seem to be able to express it outwardly. It, it, I mean, for the want of a better expression, you are slowly being paralyzed. Okay. Um, in, in a, in a, but the, the, but you know, the reassuring thing is the power paralysis is fairly, um, brief, um, because death will soon follow the, the paralysis reaches your lungs and you struggle to draw breath. Um, your your head starts to swim and it all happens rather quickly um, you you 
close your eyes with the intention of just taking a minute before opening them and finding out what happens. Um, but you close your eyes and you do not open them again. You, you're, the, warmth <laughs> just, the warmth just fades away from you. Aww. And what seems, in terms of time, what seems anywhere between 10 seconds and 40 years, um, you're, you, you, open your, years. You, you open your eyes again. And you're laying in an environment that you didn't, you weren't finding yourself in before. Um, you, you're surrounded. Um, it's nighttime. It, there's black. You're on black sand. There's a silvery moon lighting everything. Um, as you move, um, you move your hands. You you have sensation, but it's not like it was before. It's you seem a little bit remote from how you were before. Um, but when you do look, you notice that your hands and any other part of your body that's exposed is very white. Um, yeah, welcome. I don't know why I just I just checked me. I'm like, what? No, I'm good. <laughs> yeah, you're you're a lot paler than you would be in real life. Um, and you you sit up, and you're not in the same clothing that you were when you went into the tent. You're wearing a very kind of ivory and silver flowing gown. Um, is it corseted? No, it's very free flowing. Okay. Yeah, it's it's not something that Anais would probably choose to wear when she was alive. Okay. Um, you you stand up and survey the landscape around you, and it's just dunes everywhere, just black dunes, silvery in the moonlight. Um, there doesn't appear to be any stars, um, but you do notice in the distance as you turn around three sixty degrees. When you turn around again, um, there's a figure ahead of you about um, 50 foot away from you, um, dressed in black, and there's a veil covering the face. And the kind of, the, the hand goes out towards you and then just beckons you towards them silently. Well, Anais is not exactly an idiot and she probably has assumed that she's dead. It's done. She's dead. So at this point, there's nothing to lose. So she's going to probably harumph because hmm. she's a bit inconvenienced by all this, um, but she'll follow the figure. Cool. As, as you walk towards the figure, you notice that your feet aren't making any um, indentations in the sand. In fact, your feet aren't even touching the sand. You sort of glide along just above the surface of the sand. It's effortless. You've never moved so freely before. And you come uh, within two or three foot of the figure and um, a pair of leather gloved hands lift the veil and standing in front of you is you. Oh. It's like looking in a mirror, except this Anais has a shock of white hair in, in, a, in a quite a, a shortcut, like a pixie cut, I suppose. Um, but apart from the hair, Everything else looks the spitting image of you. And she, and she addresses you saying, welcome. This must come as somewhat of a surprise to you. Well, you look like me, so you must know that that is the understatement of the century. Correct. What happens now is entirely up to you. What could happen is you could stay here for eternity and become like, well, 
like the grains of sand at your feet. Or, and Ace would probably freak out and be like, oh my God, is this my descendants? Uh, it's, a, it's a bit of a mind bender to try and explain, but you're on the right lines. That's a um, lot of books. But I believe you're here to find your true way. And the way will be hard. But if you succeed, you will never look back. So, shall we begin? Well, there isn't a lot of choice, so why not? Let's do it. And you bow to yourself. And with a wave of your hands, everything starts to shimmer and melt. It's like, um, it's like heat haze, but like everywhere is wobbling and transitioning and morphing and melting. Um, everything becomes light and bright and green. And suddenly you recognize you're standing in um, the garden you used to grow up in as a child. Everything is exactly how you remember it as a child. And you say to yourself, this probably brings back some memories for you. You know, mum and dad's old house in the country. Except I'm pretty sure this was burnt to the ground, so this is a nifty trick. Is it really? Is it a trick? Look around, touch things, smell things, hear things. You're really here. I can't be here, this doesn't exist anymore. It's a nice imitation, but it can't be real. How can I prove to you that it's real? I don't see a way that you can. Mm. And you see, that's part of your problem, Ace. You're so close-minded. You refuse to acknowledge the very existence of what lies before your face. And that's why you're here. That's why you've wasted all this talent and all this power. Mum and Dad would be so disappointed in you. If Mum and Dad knew better, then why didn't they tell me? I think they would have known if I had any ability, as you so seem to assume. Because it's your journey to discover and you've turned your back on yourself. <coughs> Take a look around. This is real. You could be here right now. You could choose to be here forever if you really wish. What would you that accomplish? You were happy here. These were the best of days as a child. As a child. I'm not a child anymore. And you can't cling to the past. There's no point. Can't go backwards, only forwards. And yet here we are backwards. Again, you deny the very existence of what you see. I'm also dead, so what is your point? Are you dead? Well, apparently. I was told I was dead, and to the evidence seems pretty conclusive. And as you say that, she waves her hand, and suddenly you can feel everything as if you were alive again. You feel the grass between your toes. You feel the warm summer breeze on your face. You smell the freesias and the stocks and the honeysuckle from the back of the, um, by the back of the cottage. You hear birds singing. Everything is as really real as it can be. See, now you understand. Now you're here. Anais is gonna probably start to get angry, so she'll stay put, stay up her foot. Um, if this was possible initially, then why, why the, sensory deprivation in the first place. You ask so many questions and yet you don't ask the right ones. You never have. You are so, <laughs> you are such a thick and stupid individual. I, I struggle to believe that we're related. Well, apparently we're not related. Apparently we are each other, although I have to admit that hairstyle would definitely not look good on me. Something ethereal about it. 
Why do you think I'm you? Well, we wear the same face, although maybe it's more of a, another image. Right, you may not be me. Actually, that doesn't make sense at all. No. And then Anais is going to sit down on the grass a little bit miffed. Yeah. Take as much time as you like. Time is irrelevant here. You work your way through this. You have all the time to work your way through this right now. I'm not on the clock. Don't worry. <laughs> right now. No rush, but right now. <laughs> mm. um, all right. So Anais, who is sitting on the ground and feeling a little bit grumpy, is still feeling a bit grumpy and hasn't had any answers coming to her. Okay. Where were you happiest, Anais? Where and when were you the most happy you've ever been? The absolute happiest? Yeah. Probably dancing. Dancing. When? Uh, the last ball in New Dayland, or Dayland, mm -hmm. they call it New Dayland, in Dayland before the oh, revolt. Yes. I know the one you talk about, the grand ball, the winter's ball. Yes. You were, you wore a stunning dress. You were the belle of the ball. One of oh, many. There were many bells. Yes, thank you for noticing. There were, there were many bells and only one ball. That, yes. And, and, and as, as your face slightly lightens up at the thought of the, the winter's ball where you had the best times, the scenery just immediately shimmers. And there you are, you're wearing that same ball gown. You are standing in the grand hall. Around you, dancers of men and women twirl in, in a grand waltz. It's exactly how you remember it. The music's the same. The smells, the ambience. It's like you are there. So this is what you remembered. This is where you were happiest. Why were you so happy here? I don't know. Why is anyone at their happiest? I was content. Life I was good. You could spend eternity being philosophical about it. There's actually a genuine question about why you were happy here. It doesn't seem very much like the Anais that I know. So rigid and boring, not wishing to have fun, always putting on a very conservative face. I've got things to do at the moment. Not anymore, you don't at the moment, so I wouldn't worry about that. Trisha. Mm. Dead is dead. But you don't have to be. But I think you've lost sight of what you had. The younger you were, the more open-minded you were. The happier the child you were. And you Ooh, let yes. go. Most you... children tend to think Santa is real. But you let go of everything and turned into this. This is fine. Well, it could be improved, of course, but it's not exactly ir irredeemable or boring. Well, I quite like it. It's, you've turned into to the belle of the ball that wears that beautiful ball gown and you've turned into the equivalent of a toilet roll cardboard tube. Cardboard, how rude. Well, I, I'm not here to be nice. I'm here to try and make you aware of yourself. You've lost control. You've lost your... I'm not even sure how you'd know you're dead because I think you lost the will to live some time ago. That's an odd observation. If it, it was true, then I would have done something a bit more permanent about it. Like what? What would you have done about it? Maybe not drink the pink drink. That would have been a good start. Well, to be fair, the other lady did as well. Yeah, it was a mistake. Yes, I know, I know. Yeah. I mean, you know, 
I, Admittedly, I, not my finest move, but that's okay. The only thing I ever thought that was the positive about you was you had a sharp mind and, you know, uh, as you're doing your currently very dull job, I just assumed that you would show a little bit more discretion in about what you did, but no. I'll have you know there's nothing dull about my job. Well, no, no, you're absolutely right. The job is a very exciting one. You are dull. <laughs> what do you propose to fix the dullness? Imagine you were able to reach out and create things with your mind. Imagine you were to be able to reach out and help people. Imagine if you were to reach out and hurt people. How good would that be? That's real power. Power that I was not aware I possessed. Because you have such a closed mind. You're not doing a terribly good job at opening it. Well, I have to prepare you for the possibility that you may never go back to life. Just saying. Yeah, well, I've already assumed that I was dead, so it's not exactly startling. Fine. Could we not have done this in a handwritten note or something? No, no, no. This is far more effective. So, you seem to disapprove of my approach to making you aware of yourself. Who would you prefer to do it? Do I legitimately get a choice? I'm asking you for a choice. Who in my family knew? No, I'm not talking about... Uh, you see, you're, think, you're thinking in straight lines again. If this was a concept, it'd be pinstripe because it's so boring. I'm asking who you want here right now helping you through this. My grandmother. Your grandmother. Fine. And suddenly it's your grandmother standing in front of you. Did you bring cookies? Well, you can have cookies when you deserve them because, you know, <laughs> I might have changed my face, but I'm relatively the same person. <laughs> you had a gift, hey. girl. You had a gift. And somewhere along the lines, and we can revisit every single waking moment of your life to see where you lost that ability to use your imagination and to grasp out to the power you've always had. Or we could just save time and go back to the moment and fix the problem. No, no, no. There is no, there is no moment where we can fix it. Your life has been lived. Okay? I, this, I'm, this isn't a time machine, okay? You seem to not grasp what's happening here. I'm trying to help you explore yourself. And Ace is going to stamp her foot then and go, then tell me what I need to know. Oh, if only it was that simple. Goodness me. All right, look around, all right? We're, we're the, the winter's ball. And then we were, um, where were, we were previously in your garden where you had a lovely childhood. Where do you think we are right now? Where are I'm, you right are, now? Are we not still on the ball? Yes, 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 yes. But again, you're thinking teeny tiny boxes, girl. Where are we right now? Uh, well, if I'm dead, we're probably... I don't know. I'm, I don't know. Oh. You were always the thickest of your parents' children. Fine. That's not going to get you anywhere. <laughs> no, no. It doesn't round it down. We are inside your mind. We are inside your life. You'd think I would have imagined someone far less aggravating. No, maybe this is, maybe I'm the representation of the part of the brain you don't want to accept is there. 
You're, let me tell you, as something that is created from your brain, it is so structured and rigid and in small little boxes that I'm surprised you can breathe without counting in to three and then counting out to three. I'm Does that mean you a sketch from a box? Let's, let's not concentrate on the boxes right now. I'm using a metaphor. I'm surprised that you can walk step in front of step without actually measuring them first because you are so constrained by your own rigidity. I bet it was a hat box. It was, okay? It was a hat box. Fine. It was pink. It had flowers on it. It had a pink ribbon on it and it, was, and it smelled of lavender. It was a hat box. Fine. Can we forget the boxes now? Because the boxes isn't the important bit. Okay. Right. As you were saying. Okay. As I was saying, you were born with a gift. Your parents didn't know about it because, well, I guess you're kind of turning into your parents a bit. You had a gift. As a, as a small child, you knew that you had this gift. You were able to use that, but you, it, you, you can't even find the boxes where those memories are stored. You put them away. You put them to the back because something went wrong when you were very small. That's where things went wrong. So... How about we visit somewhere that you don't want to visit? Does that sound like fun? Am I even going to bother answering? <laughs> it's like we're going there regardless. Well, um, we can spend as long as you like debating whether we do there, but the quicker you go there, the quicker you've got to answer to yourself. Well, if you are me and we're going to spend this time arguing, then it's well, going to take some time, so we may as well just go anyway. Let, let's just clear one thing up. And maybe I haven't been very clear about this, but I'm not you. Yeah, but you said you were the part of me that I didn't want to acknowledge, which yeah, makes that, you me. That may have been a bit of a lie. Um, I'm not you. I'm somebody, yeah. I'm somebody that's close to you. I was kind of related to you. Was? Okay. Technically still am, but we're very different people, so. Okay. Okay. Well, I'm a bit peckish, so I said we move this along. Let's go to the place. All right. Um, so you, everything goes dark, and you find yourself in a log cabin. And it brings back memories. You used to go here as a, as a small child. And you see the small you seated on a stool in front of the fire, and your mum and dad are there as well. And there's another girl sitting next to you, about the same sort of height. And everything seems to happen in, in fast forward. So everything's moving around. You can't hear what they're saying, but everything's moving really fast. And you get to the point and, you, you know, parents get up and blow the lamp out and everyone retires to bed. And everything goes dark. Nobody's in the cabin. So it's like there's a fixed camera. It's just the scene in front of the fireplace and everyone's kind of moved on. And time, and you see that the, the, the log is still in the, the fire is still in the grate and it's slowly burning down and down. And then you, like a, it's, it's like a mental feeling of just a sudden jarring and you're back in real time. And you see the little you walk back into the scene. And she sits cross-legged on the hearth rug in front of the fire. And you can see that she is cross-legged, but her hands are like this. And you can see that the little girl, who is you, is concentrating. And, and soon you notice that 
um, the fire um, crackles a bit higher and you start to see one of the logs just moves in place like this in the fireplace. And as time goes past, you see it move more and more and move up and down and forwards and back, forwards and back. And then you notice that the log, as it's rotating and it's outside of the fireplace, um, something happens. The little girl, who is you, um, moves hands and suddenly the log just flies, bang, across the cabin. The little girl panics. She lost control and she gets up and runs and she just runs out of scene. Then everything, like a, a mental brick to the face, everything starts to speed up again. Initially, nothing happens. But you notice off the, from the fixed point where you're looking, um, you see a glow get brighter and brighter. And it very quickly becomes apparent that there's a fire. And the fire becomes out, gets out of control. And the scene freezes again once the whole of the scene that you're looking at just is engulfed in flame. Okay, that's what you've been looking. Then suddenly um, the other you, me, me, um, comes back, says, do you remember this? And I recognizes it, but doesn't recognize it. It's like, it's not quite forgotten, but it's something that she's distinctly trying not to remember. Right. Um, Ah, so I, I, I can see, I can see for the first time that concrete stainless steel face of yours actually showed something. You let it slip just for the moment. There's a nice right there. Very small, very tiny, but you're still there. So this was the scene when you were five years old and you recognize there's your mum, your dad, there was you. But I'm guessing you don't remember Victoria. Uh, Anais recognizes the name. It's a sibling uh, that her parents don't speak of. No, no. Victoria is your twin sister. And the reason they don't speak of her is to, I suppose, to avoid all the pain and the heartache. You know, the whole kind of the loss of a child. Made, made all the more painful by the loss of the child that was caused by you. You burnt, uh, down, you burnt down the cabin. That is okay, so... So, uh, Renette, uh, yeah, wow, dude. <laughs> um, and that is this freight, absolutely horrified freight because it, it hits her all at once that she she killed someone. She, beforehand, when she has, and she has taken life before, she's not been drunk, but yeah, she's taken life before. Um, but this was the first and she didn't remember. Oh no, you remembered, but you put it far away in the back of your mind until it didn't exist. It's still there. Well, that's where we are right now. We're still there. 
you you can't unlike your other members you can't look around you can't interact with anything because you you've squashed this memory so tight you've crushed the life out of it another five years it wouldn't have even existed but therein lies your salvation you're a magic user you were born with magic in you but after the cabin incident you turned your back you you scrunched away that painful little memory of yours and with it went the magic in the same box you were only a child how are you to know you panicked it's fine children panic all the time it's not your fault it was my fault well yeah but you know nobody got hurt someone died did they? Who told you that? Well, she's gone. Who told you that she died? Well, I, my brother, I guess. They, they, we went as a group. They yeah. did not. And then we came back with one less. Hmm. From what they remembered, I, as, a, old, as you grow, that's what you learn. People don't just disappear. They well, die. I'm not sure it is what you learned, but it was definitely what you were told. What a fabric of lies you've lived. Your whole family is just a big web of lies, deception, deceit, and treachery. The then if my you... had been alive, then why would they have told me otherwise? What did they want from you for life? What, what was their biggest ambition for Anais? Normality, I guess. And I think we've all agreed, as mentioned earlier, you're the one of the most average and normal people that people have ever met. If it wasn't for the fact that you dressed very flashy, people would forget you in a heartbeat. That's what my training does. That's why I'm good at my job. But you could be so much better. You're, you'd make an, you know, you are. Okay, you're very good at your job. You know, the diplomacy, the listening to the whispers, the rumours. You're very good at your job, but you could be so much better. And you have a choice. You've been selected by the shaman in the village for reasons I don't understand. You can take the gift of magic or you can just not take the gift. But if you don't take the gift, I guess you'll be staying here with me. Forever. Oh, in that case, I'm taking the gift. Mm, yeah, I won't see that as an insult, but okay. Well, it's fair. Let's be honest about how insulting you've been being. Okay. Well, look, I think we've made some real progress here, but this is a bad place with a nice person. I think what you really need to do right now is just confront what it is that you really need to confront. And Granny disappears, and in the in you're now looking at the person who started before. So it looks like you, but with blonde hair. So, it's all been going rather splendidly, I hear. I'm so confused. Why would you be confused? What, well, what, about, what about this whole hallucination stroke death is confusing you right now? You've changed faces again, but are you not the same person again? Have I had different conversations? Yes. Okay. Yeah, sure. Kind of. What, what would you want it to be? 
Straightforward would be nice. No, it's not straightforward. Well, I've got that. Yes. Um, so, well, I, I guess you probably worked out who you're talking to right now. She has, but she's not being open and honest about it. I, I, I really don't understand, and that's why you'd think you can hide anything in the where we are. We're in your we're in your brain, after all. So why would you not think that I can read you like a book right now? Just say it. Say it. You'll feel better for saying it. Say it. Go on. Say it. Hello, say Victoria. my name. Sorry. <laughs> what? Hello, Victoria. Yes. There we go. What a lovely family reunion this is. Hardly. Well, it could be worse. I could be dead. How are you not dead? You think you're the only one with a gift? I didn't even know I had a gift, yet alone both of us. Well, technically speaking, we've established you did know you had a gift, but you chose to hide it away. Fine, and let's rephrase that. I forgot I had a gift. So as a waking, thinking, logical adult, was unaware of gift. Okay. All right, that makes some sense, I suppose. So, let's get down to the real conversation that you and I need to have. Technically, you haven't really got a stomach at the moment, so that, that, that bit of you is dead. A pretend apple pie would be nice. Sure, and a pretend apple pie just floats out of reach. Uh, and Ace will grab it because even though she probably can't eat it, comfort food is comfort food. Uh, you can't grab it every time you move towards it, it just moves away from you. She's going to look very evilly at her sister. This is evil, I know, I, I understand. But you, you also have to understand that you're not always going to get what you want in life. I, I think mean, that's patently aware. Take, take your current situation, okay? What the world needs right now is a band of heroes, and basically we've got a band of clowns from the circus, of which you are one. Okay? I, I'm not sure what the plan for your merry little troop is, but I have some quite concerning news for you that if you think that this group is going to go together and, and uh, be victorious in whatever quest it is you're after, uh, you're sorely mistaken. Sister, I think you're sorely mistaken if you assume that I think that the group will survive the journey, as it presently mm. is. Yeah. Survival is, is definitely uh, an interesting term. How many, uh, how many do you think is a good number to survive? Let's talk percentages. I know you like numbers. Ten. Ten what? Ten percent? Yep. Ten percent survival rate? Yes. Wow. Okay. All right. I'm basing that on the fact that I am normal and Igbo is short. Okay. I, I won't even pretend as Victoria to understand what that means. I just, I'll just agree with ten. That's fine. It's a number. Um, okay. Look. I mean, we're, we are related and you'll be, you'll be very reassured to know that I'm very much alive. In fact, right now I'm far more alive than you are. Um, but we're not like each other, okay? You're not like me mentally. You are, well, I, I guess inferior is the best way to describe it. You are an inferior. Also less insulting, I might add. Uh, well, even if you were more insulting, that would be more interesting, whereas at the moment you're just not very interesting. Um, 
I can't for the life of me think of why parents wanted to keep you around. Oh, mum and dad didn't keep me around. They wanted to, and I'm so grateful that they didn't. This would have been a very interesting relationship. No, they didn't want me at all. After what? the incident, after the incident at the cabin, I was shipped away, and I have been shipped away ever since. But I did it. You did what? Started the fire. I, I can see how you'd think it would look that way. What else way would it look? No, no. The, we've just explored your memory of the situation. Then would you care to show me yours? No. I'm not dead, so I can't. But you can trust me to tell you that... Look, does it really matter who started the fire? I mean, the end, the end result is mum and dad lie to you. Um, the, the cabin burnt down. I wasn't killed, although they told you I had been killed. So, you know, good job, mum and dad, for screwing up your daughter. Um, I was shipped away and have remained shipped away, and I probably ended up the better part of the deal. And I'm sure our paths will cross again, hopefully in the mortal life. But I need you to know that when our paths cross again, there won't be a, a sisterly reunion or a happy family gathering. Okay? My, my adult life has been one of training and design. And I know that one day we will meet again and I will kill you. I have always been destined to be the person that kills you. Now, I could do that right now. After all, you're kind of trapped in a very powerless situation. But I don't want to. Because, dear sister, where's the fun in that? I want to... Oh, I want you to I want you to look forward to the day when it's gonna happen. One day. In that case, I might as well just do it now and spite you completely. No, 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 no. You see, I'm the one that's in control of the situation, so you don't get to dictate whether I do it or not. You say that, but I'm having a really good time aggravating you, and it's going remarkably well from what I can see. Yeah, well, no, not really. Um Remember, I'm not physically here, so part of this is your mind as well. So oh, well, I'm enjoying it immensely. Good, good. Uh, you know, the afterlife is a blast, I'm sure. I'm sure many people would love to go back and tell their relatives, but they can't. Oh, speaking of which, it may help you to know, because your, your little posse of clowns, um, who may or may not be insane, um, you're heading towards Running Horse to kind of um, capture a, a spirit for that soon. Yeah. Yeah, no, don't bother going. He's not there. He hasn't been there for years. You've been lied to. Again. Everyone's apparently doing that. I think the best advice I can give you for longevity is to just to stop trusting people, okay? There's already one traitor in your little gang so far. I'm not going to tell I'm not spoiling that, by the way. Um, I think that's going to be awesome when you find out. But just saying, there's a traitor already working in your group. Um, I can remember, well, I can't remember because I wasn't there, but I can dig around in your dirty little mind to that time when the gang um, was at that, um, that tavern where you all drank the green stuff. Remember that? Where you all got together for the first time? I can't remember if I drank it, but okay, let's go with that. I'm pretty sure you did. Anyway, the point is this. One of the people already there is, is almost dead anyway. You'll find out soon enough. Somebody is already marked with death. So there's, there's a dead one and there's a traitor. Um, there's a liar and a thief. They're all greedy. They've all got their own little 
you know, secrets. And I think that's where your group's really going to struggle now. Okay. Because nobody is being loyal or uni uni showing unity to each other. So I'll just give you that little bit of uh, insight. Okay. After all, this is your vision quest. So, you know. Admittedly, I didn't know about the half dead person. Well, they're not. No, no. I, 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 let me rephrase that. Um, I'm, I'm using, unfortunately, I have to use the words in your head. So excuse me if they're clumsy and stupid sounding. Um, there is somebody that's already marked with death. Some, I, I, I'm not sure in terms of, because it's very difficult to know what time is right now. It's a very vague concept. I'm not sure if they're dead now or they're going to be dead soon. Um, but one of your gang is going to die. Just thought I'd throw that in. You know, That's fine. It's the bigger piece of the pie that we'll get then. See, that 10% is looking really good, I told you. You yeah, doubt it. That's good. 10% is a good number if you're one of the 10%. Well, that was the intention, yes. Yeah. yeah. So, um, I guess we're going to have to leave us now. Uh, as fun as this undoubtedly hasn't been, um, I, I, I dare say that the, uh, the coyote lady wants you back in the land of the living as much as I'd like to keep you here, but that's just simply no fun. I'd rather see you suffer first. Yes. Mm -hmm. After this experience, the, the uh, experience will be mutual. Oh, absolutely. And, and let's hope we can revisit this one day. You know, having you treading thinly on the veil that separates life and death is nothing but an absolute wheeze. So um, I'll get back to maybe pushing you back towards the side of the living. Um, but I will do you a favor because unless I help you, I suspect you may end up dying. And, and I, again, I don't want to have, I don't want to be robbed of that opportunity. So something big is coming and you need to remember a number. Can you do that? Do you think you've got enough? My, you, you, do you think you can? Yes, I think I have the mental capacity to remember a number. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm, okay. All right. As long as it's less than seven digits, you know how that works. Oh no, it's it's only four digits, and I'm I'm really messing around and monkeying with the reality of things by telling you this. But you know, what's the point of being in this? For the fun of death, of course. Sorry. For the fun of killing me, of course. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I will give you the number, which is one nine seven four. Mm-hmm. Um. Um, that's all I'm going to tell you. Um, it, it, it's, it is um, something that will save lives if you actually just remember or, or know when to use it. Am I one of them? Are you one of what? The lives that will be saved? I don't know. How do I know that? This is, your training has not been very well. Uh, why? What? You, you, you think the training trained me to um, go into the future? You seem to intimate all sorts of different things. It's a very confusing conversation, really. Can we speed this up? I really am quite hungry. Well, well, you will be once you go back to being alive. Um, although the nausea, that'll be a bitch. Just, just warning you. Um, I, I, I can tell. I can give you indications about the future, um, but they're not set in stone. I think somebody said that before. Um, I don't want to fan of a self-fulfilling prophecy, so let's just move this along. Okay. So when you. Um, when you return to the land of the living, uh, you will have access to the powers of magic. Use them Go wisely. On. Or don't. Yeah. 
if, that, if, if, if you use them very badly that would be far more interesting you know, maybe maybe accessing magic again will actually make you an interesting person i'm already interesting no 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 no, no. I, I and i don't even need special training to know that you're as dull as dishwater I'm really looking forward to the not killing thing or the, the killing thing because the sooner you get out of my head, the better. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I suppose at any point I could try and make contact with you again. Um, that would be convenient. In as summer. long as you stay out of my head to do it, that would be marvellous. Yeah. Well, anyway, Anais, it's been lovely uh, seeing you again. I'm, I'm glad that we, you didn't kill me um, all those years ago. And um, if you if you say if you see mum and dad, um, I've got nothing to say to them um, after my, or maybe now here's the thing. Um, maybe I'll go and kill them first. Anyway, enough of that. I shall dwell on that and I shall hand you now back to the land of the living. And as soon as you hear the snap of the fingers, you find yourself, your eyes opening and you're back in the shaman's hut and she's looking over you. Um, it's nose to nose basically. And she and she visibly brightens as soon as she sees your eyes flickers open. It's like it's it's great. You it's fantastic. You didn't die. I was so hoping you wouldn't die. She's uh, and Ace is going to look at that woman and literally say, "Victoria is hatters." Okay, I I guess that means something to you. Um, I I trust your vision quest went constructively. Not even a little bit. Oh, I, I disagree. Your aura has completely changed. It's called aggravation. But okay. There might be a few other little things as well, but you no know, magical powers and whatnot. But it's mostly aggravation. Do we have any food? Uh, I, I, I'm sure that the my fellow tribes people will give you food. Um, what I what I could give you, um, you probably wouldn't want to eat. So, um, welcome back to the land of the living. I hope you have now you now embrace the change. Well, I guess I'm going to have to learn very quickly. Yeah, it should, it should come, it should overwhelm you fairly soon. And if not, then after a sleep, you'll know what you're doing mostly. In that case, before things get very serious, how good is your sense of smell? Well, I, I have a very good sense of smell. Thank you for asking. Excellent. If any of my um, cohorts seem to smell deadish, you'll let me know, right? There's nobody dead. <laughs> I, I, I don't need to smell. I can see whether they're dead or not because of that. Okay, well, I'm reliably, well, maybe not. I don't know. Fusion question. I'm reliably informed that that may not stay that way. So if they, that changes, I'd appreciate a heads up. Um, okay. I mean, as long as you're in this village, I can help you. But as soon as you move on from here, I won't be able to help you with that. That's fine. I'll handle it from there, maybe. I hope. And and the, the coyote shaman uh, picks you, you know, takes you by, gently by the wrist and helps you stand up. You're feeling a bit wobbly on your on your pins, um, but you know, all in all, not too bad for somebody who died. And she opens. Make sure she doesn't look any deader than she currently feels. No, no, you seem to have a, a certain vigor about you. So she opens the flap of her uh, tent and she ushers you back out into the fresh air. And she says, "Well, you you may now rejoin." Uh, your your party members. Uh, my work here is done. And Anais promptly pukes. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, so we'll leave it there. Um, 
we will join uh, on Thursday. We'll join um, the rest of the gang again um, at the start of chapter uh, episode eleven. And the real fundamental difference that they will notice is you will actually be able to use spells and cast magic. And because it's a bit different, I hope you uh, hope you enjoyed my attempt at something a bit unusual. Yeah, I'm going to suck the next person I see called Victoria because that was really annoying. <laughs> well, generally speaking, the good thing is you should be able to recognise her because she looks like you. Okay, good. <laughs> yeah, it's white hair, and I do look better with white hair. Yeah. So uh, thank you for joining me. Um, I hope you enjoyed that. Um, I think hope everyone watching enjoyed that. Just a little bit of a bit of a a, a mini episode there, uh, and that shall link us up nicely for episode eleven. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening, everyone. We hope you enjoyed that. Join us again soon for the next episode in The Copper Wars. And keep an eye out on your socials at Distant Grey Gaming for Copper Wars Season 2. In the meantime, maybe you'd like to check out some of our other gaming. We've got Call of Cthulhu 7th Edition, and we've got The Witch is Dead. And, well, there's lots of other projects coming soon, and we hope that you listen to them as well. So keep checking out Distant Grey Gaming on your favourite podcast provider. Thank you, and we hope to see you really soon.